You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 105. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. Oh, boy. I have really enjoyed this year's episodes. So looking forward to seeing where the rest of this year goes. The very first session of my Wise Mind Empowerment course was last Tuesday. Session two is coming up tomorrow night. The online course that will be teaching you all about how to seek a more empowered sense of yourself, step into that creator role like we talked about last week. It's going to be fantastic. I have put hundreds of hours into the researching and the thinking and the creating and the scripting and then the shooting and then the editing and everything. The It's just going to be absolutely awesome. It's going to be this living, breathing course where I'll be adding to it as... I start to learn new things and and adapt new things and apply new things and evaluate them into my my life and into my recovery. Absolutely love what this course is going to become. And as I have really grown over this last year since the pandemic started, right, looking back at last March and April and just a lot of the unknown where I tried to hit the ground running and really figure out what I was going to do with my life coaching career once the hotel job furloughed me. And I started realizing that I wanted to seize control. And then I realized that seizing control of my life and my career wasn't the energy I wanted to take in. So then I was like, okay, well, how can I create the life and the lifestyle I've always desired? And then I read another 30 books and it really started to dawn on me that it was this creation that was empowering me and it was this understanding of my emotional mind and my and my rational thinking mind and melding them together to create this wise mind. And of course, that's a whole theory that, of knowledge that already existed before I ever found it. And I've just incorporated it. And then I look at, you know, after April, the beginning of May, when I smashed my face, and if you want to see a picture of that, feel free to go to my Instagram and you can see me looking all battered. Um, you know, the next few months of just overcoming that, the nerve damage, the the vertebrae four, five, six were severely damaged. They were pushing up on one of the nerves in my in my neck, and it was just excruciating pain and still dealing with that in a way. It's by no means what it used to be, but there's still some after effects. And so then just dealing with that injury over the summer and then here comes the fall and it's football season and the fall is really when I started to take off with all of this and realize it was really time to create. And I think it was the idea that when this pandemic ends, do I want to be financially vested in that hotel still and relying upon it? Or do I want to take all the skills I've learned over the last four years, bring them to the service and the contribution of the community and be able to turn that into my thriving business, the way I see things and the and the way that I talk about things and the, and obviously the way that it resonates with so many and how they feel so strongly about what I talk about, how can I bring that to the community in such a way that it brings value that you'll be willing to pay me your hard-earned money in order to learn this stuff and to grow in a way where you 
deep down inside know that I could be that coach for you to become your own creator. Like, like no, no ifs, ands, or buts about this. I didn't sink the tens of thousands of dollars I did into this to not turn it into a business. But it's also not just about the money. To say it's not about the money at all would be asinine. Because we all got to eat. We got all got to pay our rent. We all got to create a life for ourselves. You wouldn't start a business and just expect that you could always just hand it out any more than, you know, a restaurant would just give away food or a job would just give you a paycheck without working for it. But in that idea of how you're going to create this life for yourself, you can't just make something and just expect people to be involved if you're not coming from a heart-centered place where you genuinely want to see them thrive in a way where you're not the hero, but instead you're the coach. And in one way or another, you're the coach of someone. You're out there giving advice. You're out there helping, right? Hopefully not giving too much advice and asking the right questions for the person to give themselves the answers that they need, right? Because we all have the resources we need to thrive already within ourselves. They just need to be awoken. A light needs to be shined upon them. Yes, there's going to be some information that will certainly expand the mind. But when we start thinking about adversity and resiliency and courage and strength and confidence and some of these deep down, you know, um, let's say they're just like sort of life values, if you will, like people already have that inside of them. When someone's like, when someone's like, ah, but Jesse, you know, I don't know how to start my own business, and I, so I need to hire someone for that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not debating that at all. When I say that people, everyone has the resources they need to thrive already inside of them, it's not necessarily the knowledge of how to turn object A into business B. As much as it's those, those chunked up, those higher level values of confidence and strength and and determination and discipline. Like these are things you've already shown in your life. You just may not realize you've been doing it. And it's the, it's the idea that I don't want to say it's the job of the coach, but it's certainly the responsibility of the coach to show you that you've already experienced that in your life and then guide you to a way where you can take where you experienced it before and put it into what you're seeking to experience and accomplish now. This is where the good coaching comes in. You've got determination and discipline and courage and tenacity. You've shown it in other areas of your life. Where can you start to take it from then and put it into now? And then move forward with that. That's, that's, some, that's the true gem. And you see these this idea, you, you see this energy constantly in Instagram where people will say things like, I used to do it this way, but now I do it this way and I have the strength and I have the determination and now I'm going to move forward and make my decisions based on this new version of myself. You see that. The question being is one, I mean, it's Instagram. Everybody posts the best version of themselves on Instagram most of the time, right? It's like 80% everything is, everything is awesome in my life all the time. Very rarely do you get people who are going to post up, you know, up there. If the the kid just threw the, you know, the kid just threw their dirty diaper up against the wall, or they, the picture of them as they get fired from their job, or a picture of them crying as their their partner leaves their life forever. Like you're not seeing those pictures, but we know that kind of stuff is happening. 
So my point being is that as you are seeking to create this version of yourself, you're seeing examples of it everywhere. What is the follow-through of all of these examples? Is it consistent? Is it something that is turned into a habit? We can turn success into a habit just as much as we, we have oftentimes turned our perceived failures into a habit, our negative mindset, our undesired emotions into a habit. We can just as easily put the positive, more desired emotions, actions, and behaviors into a habit. This is when you step into the creator role. You take personal responsibility. You don't blame others for what you have in life, and you realize that you always made a choice. And that's that's something I want to touch upon. There's 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 this is going to get to the point of this podcast in a moment, but as I start to transition to the main theme of this show, it, I really want to use the the possibility of choice as the bridge, because you always choose. You chose to use, you chose to drink. It wasn't your trauma. It wasn't your suffering. You made the choice to utilize those external things to mute or heal or whatever you thought you were doing. You used those things to try to push down, push away, or or move through things that had happened in your life. But you chose that. You always chose it. And if you want to play victim mindset and say, no, I did not choose this. My dad or my mom or my uncle, they did this, this, this to me. So this, is, this was just always who I was going to end up to be. Then you're, you're swimming in the victim mindset pool. And if you've listened to 104 episodes of this podcast and you're still swimming in the victim mindset pool, <laughs> please DM me. I got to figure out what it is that I can say to get through to you. <laughs> because. At this point, if you've gone through 104 episodes and you still haven't taken on all the personal responsibility for your life, then man, I got to go read another book or something and figure out a, a more efficient and effective way to guide you to that personal responsibility mindset and aspect of your life. But since I'm going to go ahead and just presuppose that that's not where you're at and you are taking personal responsibility and you are and you do realize you are always the one who chose. Now, I want to ask you another question, a question I have yet to ask before in 104 episodes. When did you decide to choose? When did you decide to choose? When did you decide to choose that using was your only way out? When did you decide to choose that you were a failure? When did you decide to choose that you were an angry person? When did you decide to choose that you were a depressed person? When did you decide to choose enter any undesirable emotional state or or physiological response or internal representation here? When did you decide to choose? This came up in one of the text messages of one of the attendees of my current course, the Wise Mind Empowerment I brought up at the beginning of the show. He uh, has brought up multiple times that he feels like he has anger issues, that he's an angry person and he wants to figure out how to 
to uh, avoid uh, conflicts and anger management. Tim, you know I'm talking about you, so I'll just go ahead and throw your name out there. Uh, awesome, amazing guy. Just powering through in, in some areas, gliding through in other areas, just stepping into the more empowered sense of self that I've known him to have always been. And he's just now seeing, you know, shining light on a lot of aspects of this, but he's been in contact with me for well over a year. I would say longer, but I don't want to over-exaggerate. Point being is that he'll often bring up that he's an angry person. And I've been, I've been, I've been pouring through NLP books to create these two courses, the online course and the live course. And I've just, I mean, I've, you know, I just recently read Jordan Peterson's 12 Laws. I'm, I think I'm ju- jumping into Jack Canfield's Success Principles. I read another book called Transcend. I went back through Growth Mindset by Carol Dweck. I've reread Limitless by Jim Quick. Um, you know, I've skimmed over all my notes from Atomic Habits and Habit Stacking. Uh, I just got done reading a book called Ultra Learning. That was super fun. Uh, some of these are Audible, um, and then other ones I've actually read. But yeah, I love Audibles because whenever I do my 10,000 steps a day, I can just sit there with 1.5 speed because none of these authors read as fast as I want to hear information. <laughs> so some of these books I can put on 2x, and, and I'm like, okay, this is finally at about the speed that I would prefer it to be at. Uh, anything over, and then my mind, there's a there's a period uh, between one and a half and two where my mind is on in sync, and then there and then it gets sometimes it, it gets going so fast, and then they'll say something that triggers me to start to think and brainstorm, and then I'll go off on Jesse land and have to come back and rewind ten minutes because I've missed everything they've said. Um, Fourteen minutes in, still haven't gotten to the main juxtaposition. No, that's not the right word. I still have not gotten to the main crux of this entire podcast. When did you decide you were an angry person? When did you decide that you were depressed? Because when you can start to realize that you're choosing to be angry in those moments, that you're deciding that you're an angry person, is when you can step into that creator role of becoming what it is you actually want to be, a calm, tranquil person or a self-grounded person, someone who steps into that emotionally grounded response version of themselves instead of the emotionally triggered, reactionary, angry version of themselves. You can just choose to just not be an angry person anymore. Now, the tools that are going to help guide you there, absolutely. That's what we've been talking about in this podcast. That's what we're going to be focusing on moving forward is the tools, right? We're going to be, we're going to be talking about how you can visualize yourself as a different person. We're going to be talking about how you can start to see these quote-unquote problems in your life as actually solution opportunities. Because now we have crossed the bridge and found ourselves on the other side of the actual theme of this podcast. Problems or solution opportunities. If you listen to the show and you're like, I've got a problem with my anger, I've got a problem with my depression, I've got a problem with my communication, I've got a problem with my work ethic, I've got a problem with my sleep schedule, I've got a problem with my health or my weight or, or, or my skin or my love life or my kids or my bank account, I've got a problem, 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 problem. 99 problems and hey, at least being intoxicated ain't one. Now, for my sober curious, I'm newly into this, you know, depending on where you're at, 
it's slowly but surely not becoming one of your problems. Step over to the light side. I can assure you, life is infinitely better, not intoxicated. It will take some getting used to. I've recently got a text message from somebody in Australia who's talking about how they're going to be able to socialize. And they're super curious, and I absolutely support that. Come on over. Sit among the tribal members. Sober curious is just as welcome here as 27 years sober. Everybody is welcome here because we're all seeking solutions to our perceived problems. And I call them perceived problems because they're only problems because we focus on the problem. It's not a problem if you focus on the solution. This is how this is how my brain works. This is how I, I find the most random things to talk about from the most random places. Actually, I find very awesome things to talk about from the most random places. There is a show on Netflix, like Danger Will Robinson, Lost in I think it's called Lost in Space. And it's uh yeah, it's called Lost in Space. And I don't remember any of the actors' names in it, so I won't even try. Although there's one who's like a very indie actress who was in Dazed and Confused, and I'll watch anything with her in it, but I cannot remember her name to save my life. Lost in Space. And one of the young girls, the member of the family, of the Robinson family, the this, this show is just every single episode, it's just chaos. It's something, there's like 15 things go wrong, and they somehow solve half of them in that episode, and the others carry over. And it's It's just constant things to, to <laughs> constant solution opportunities are rolling their way. And one of the girls, one of the daughters in the episode says, don't, don't focus on the problem, focus on the solution. And I paused the show when I heard her say that, and I put it into my notes and slowly, but surely, as I began to ruminate on this idea of not focusing on the problem, focus on the solution randomly in one of the podcasts or in one of my teachings in one of my classes the other day, this has been about a month now, it became, oh my goodness, it's not problems. It's solution opportunities. It's opportunities for solutions. This whole time, it's always been a solution opportunity. Not a problem. It's a solution opportunity. So if you if you have a problem with drinking, if you have a problem with eating, if you have a problem with your weight, a problem with anger, all these problems, they're not problems, right? That's that that's that pushing away from. That's that negative energy that we have talked about to, at nauseum. We have talked about that on this podcast. Likewise, ad nauseum, we have talked about pulling ourselves toward that positive desired state. So why are we referencing things in our life? as problems, when now we will always see them as solution opportunities. Because we already are, now that I've said it, you're already epiphany time. A bulb just went off and you're like, oh my God, that's what it's been all along. It's not a problem, it's a solution opportunity. Kid dropping the backpack in the hallway when they come home from school, even though you've told them 37 times to please put it in their bedroom. Not a problem, it's a solution opportunity. However, you've asked them to not do it previously has not resonated with them. It is not their job to have it resonate with them. It is your job as the speaker. This is something I learned when I first started getting taught how to public speak. That a, that a, a confused audience is not on the audience. It is on the speaker. If the audience doesn't understand what you're talking about, it is on you, the speaker, to figure out a way to guide them to understanding it. This is where I think teachers in school are missing the mark. They think, well, I'm reading out of the book and I'm explaining it and they don't get it. It's on them. No, it is on you. 
as the person who is teaching it, as the person who's explaining it, as the person who is bringing this new expectation or desire. You know how I feel about expectations, right? Leading cause of disappointment, but still, you're the one bringing the expectation. You're the one bringing this, this desired behavior to the kid or to a partner or to someone in your house or at work, wherever it may be. You're the one who wants it. You've got to figure out a way to bridge that gap bet- between what, what it is they're doing and what they want and what it is that you're doing and what you want. If you can get that kid to understand why that book bag always needs to be in the room, they'll be thrilled to do it. Isn't it mean to bribe them with a cookie as much as it just explain to them how important it is that the house is clean? And then when they drop the book bag in the hallway, it feels, you could say, I don't know what you could say. Off the top of my head, I want to say things like, you know, I just, you know, I want you to respect the house. We work hard. I don't know. I don't have kids. People are going to be like, I have kids. And my kids just laugh at me when I say stuff like that. I'm telling you what, when did you decide that? (laughs) When did you decide that you couldn't get through to your kids? Because there's certain things I guarantee you they do without being asked constantly that you walk and you're like, wow, that's super cool. I wonder why they did, you know, that's awesome. I'm so glad that they do that. They learned it from somewhere. Somewhere it resonated. Somewhere it anchored inside of them like, oh, this is the way I want to do it. I don't want to lose my iPhone or my Kindle or my iPad. So I always make sure that anytime I leave a room that it's in my backpack and I've checked three times because I don't want to lose it. They, that, that gets anchored into them. They, they're never going to lose their iPad. They're always going to make sure they have that. Might leave their shoes on the school bus, but they'll definitely have their iPad. When did you decide that you couldn't communicate with your, your members of your family in order to be able to have the household that you desired? Other parents have figured out a way to do it. Your, your kid's just that special one who does, doesn't know how to follow instructions. You're just the special person who just doesn't know how to control their emotional triggeredness. Because I can assure you, I get angry. I can, I can get angry at the dog at one in the morning because they wake me up wanting to go out to the bathroom, right? I don't freak out and just like, you know, punt the dog off the top of the apartment complex like I'm in the anchor man. They killed Baxter, the mean man killed Baxter. <laughs> no, any any kind of anger I would want to show to the dog, I just I just laugh and I just in my head I just picture him looking cute in the middle of the day with a big old smile on his face, you know, and just so happy and I brighten that picture up. You know, I put it dead in the center of, of my view and I make sure that it, I'm looking at, you know, buddy through my own eyes so it's panoramic, right? I brighten it up and I make the colors vivid and boom, all of a sudden it's like, okay, I can't I can't be mad. What can you do to help people in your family? help you cultivate the home you desire, whether it be physically manifested through the cleanliness and the organization, or whether it's through the emotional communications, or whether it's through the mental acuity where you're all learning something together and you're growing in that aspect. When did you decide that you could start doing that now? Aren't you? Moving forward, right? You decided right now. You're like, but Jesse's right. I decide right now to seek out solution opportunities and no longer focus on the problem. There's a a friend of mine who for the longest time was using, in her coaching, she was using the, the phrase, go from stuck to unstuck. 
And in marketing, in you know, in, in the way that you meet people where they're at, we will often use phrases that are definitely not phrases that we would ever subscribe to. She was doing it in this moment. She would never subscribe to, to this whole go from you know, oh, I'm stuck. I gotta get I gotta get unstuck because you're not stuck. You're standing still. That's that was always my response. I was like, people aren't stuck. They're standing still. <laughs> you're not stuck. Just take the just take the smallest next step. Whatever major project, whatever issue you're having in your life, if you seek out the solution opportunity and just take the smallest next step toward that, you're 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 set. That's one step closer. That's momentum. An object in motion stays in motion unless it's affected by an external force. Then it becomes to move. Then it begins to to gain that inertia, that momentum. So you just seek out the smallest next step. Seek out a solution opportunity. You're not stuck. You're standing still. And this goes for all of you. And Sue's been on the show. You know Sue, the coach Mandel. We talked about this, and I would, you know, I remember when I saw that on her sign. She and she did. She resonated with a lot of people. Like oh, I am stuck. Can you help me get unstuck? Absolutely. One of the first things she did was get them to start using the language like "I'm stuck," because you're not stuck. You're just not seeing the resources that you already have inside of you. You're not seeing all the possible solutions lying in front of you because you're so focused on the problem. Stop focusing on the problem and focus on the solution. If you have a problem with uh, being bored, a problem with being over over hyperactive, if you think that your kids have attention deficit disorder, when did you decide all of that stuff? When and why? A a kid who doesn't want to sit down in class and listen to a teacher instead wants to run around isn't anything more unusual than just being a kid. Oh, they they can't just sit there and be told, right? They they have all this energy and they got to get it out. Well, okay. I'm not going to deny that there are some kids because there's obviously kids who will just sit. There's obviously other adults who can just sit at their desk and work for eight hours. I'm one of these people who knew going in I couldn't do corporate America because I couldn't just sit at a desk for eight to ten hours a day just hammering away in front of a computer on a phone. It's one of the reasons why I chose bartending and serving. I got to move around a lot. I got to conversate. I got, there was action. There was movement. There was, I mean, it was organized chaos. I chose that career. People can think of the way of you know the wait staff and what what kind of job that must be all they want. I promise you, working at the right places, I was making double, triple what corporate America people were. Definitely making double, triple what teachers in Middle America were making. Now this is back in the day, and I'm not saying that to somehow be like, oh look at me and all the money I made as a waiter. No, I never really wanted to be a waiter, but I liked what the waiting job provided. This ability to move, this ability to be active, this ability to meet new people. So I chose that job on purpose so that I wouldn't find myself in corporate America with that job as my problem. Instead, I had a job I genuinely enjoyed, and now I'm seeking a solution opportunity outside of that. Where can you start to seek a solution opportunity outside of what you have just accepted as your life? None of this has to be your life. You can 
decide to make changes. And the moment you say, nope, Jesse, I, you know, I'm locked into this job. It's my health insurance. I got to have it. I got to support my family. I got to pay my mortgage. Nope, Jesse, my kid's hyperactive. Can't do anything about that. Nope, Jesse, I am just angry and I always have been. I always will be. You're swimming in a pool of the victim mindset. You can swim in your shit all you want. Eventually you're going to drown in it. Shit is thick. It's gross. It's disgusting. It's going to turn your stomach. And at some point you're going to go down. The creator pool is like floating on clouds. It's like it's like just the right amount of salt water to always keep you buoyant. I really, really honestly believe the stuff that I'm saying to you. I don't think that ADHD is as prevalent in society as people make it out to be. I think that we're told that because we live in a sick care system and not a health care system. The kid wants to run around and be super active. Oh my God, we must break the child of being a child immediately. When, is it not obvious to most people that the way we teach things is a little antiquated and that the way we have organized schools is a bit antiquated? This is why so many different charter schools and stuff are coming about because there's other ways people can learn. Wouldn't it be better suited to find a a more healthy efficiently effective way for your child to learn than just trying to pigeonhole them into a system that really hasn't been rejuvenated or revitalized or reinvented since like 1874? What about for yourself? Flip the script. Society has been trying to raise farmers and raise and raise factory workers for the last 150 years, and we are not that society anymore. It is time for you to step into a new version of yourself and to sit here and play victim and and act like you couldn't figure out another way to do things is to just not see the solution opportunities in front of you. You want to just sit there and drink from the problem water fountain? Okay, fine. Fine. At some point, it's going to turn back into your shit and you're going to drown in it. I'm telling you, I'm not making this stuff up. I don't necessarily always expect everyone to agree with every single thing I say. That would be ridiculous, asinine. It would be hubris, egotistical, borderline narcissistic for me to think every single thing I say is always going to resonate. And and by no means do I think everything I say is always right. It is my point of view. And I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely subscribe to the fact that I can change my opinion at any point in time. Because <laughs> I'm always learning new things. I'm always bringing in new data. I always never use definitives, except in this situation and other situations. But this is the situation we're talking about. I'm always learning new things. It's just one of my top four values. So it's not like it bothers me to learn new things. It's just my default setting. I can be watching Lost in Space and learn about how not to focus on the problem, focus on the solution, which I'd heard before. But for some reason, that night it resonated in a different way than it ever had before. And sometime later it became, we we don't have problems, we have solution opportunities. When you set your brain to be seeking out new ways of thinking and new ways of living and new ways of just being and growing and evolving, it will introduce to you little juicy golden nuggets in the most random places. 
And once you've told your mind to be looking for them, it will confirm that you are right, that you can find wisdom anywhere, because it will bring you wisdom from everywhere. A fool and a wise man meet upon a path who learns more. The wise man, because a fool never listens. When did you decide that you were blank? When did you decide your kids were blank? When did you decide that your spouse was blank? When did you decide your partner or your parents were blank? Because when you decided whatever negative, undesirable statement could finish that sentence, then that's what your mind is seeking to confirm. This is what I think breaks my heart the most when I find out how many families have been you know, just shambled by politics over the last four to 12 years. Hell, really, the entire century has just been one giant shit show of politics. I mean, we just we rolled right into the 2000s with you know this big Gore versus Bush Supreme Court ruling, and then 9/11, and then it's just been a, an onslaught of just you know partisan, vitriol, polarizing, and just the fact that it just culminated in the year 2020 is not a surprise to me. Watching these family families turn into just emotional shambles and cut each other off and not talk to each other anymore because of this stuff. That to see the family unit disintegrate over stuff like this. Because we're locking ourselves, we're attaching our identity to values that are being placed placed upon us by other people, or they're being backed up so vo- vo- vociferously, vociferously by these talking heads on TV and they're convincing us that if somebody else thinks just one one degree to the left or right differently than us then they're the enemy because they don't believe in what we believe in they don't value what we value their beliefs aren't the same as ours so down with them err err kill enemy kill 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 who cares if it's your daughter or your son or your dad or your mom fuck those people burn them all to hell <laughs> what kind of Frickin' ridiculous-ass world are we living in when people are literally cutting off family members over this stuff because you just want to stick in that problem that they don't, they don't, they don't see gun rights or abortion rights or, or immigration rights or tax percentages. They don't see it exactly like you, so screw you, dickhead. You're out of the well. What kind of is going on, man? <laughs> What is the solution opportunity to this? One, I mean, stop talking about politics. There's got to be other things that you're interested in. If there's not, spend less time around those people. But either way, you choose the topics you're, you're willing to talk about. You choose to get angry. I don't agree with most people about what they think when it comes to the political world, just because I like to swim a little bit in both. I have, I'm like, oh, that's pretty good there. That's pretty good. I'm just going to add it to the Jesse stew. And when somebody wants to get themselves all emotionally triggered and start freaking out over stuff, I'm like, hey, man, that's 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 the pool you want to swim in. I'm not going to get emotionally triggered with you. I might check out a little bit here and there, but you're not listening to me anyways. So even if I tried to throw in my two cents, you're not paying attention. So what's the matter? Might as well check out and think about football or or what I'm going to say on my next podcast. And you just get to go off and get, you know, you get to get it out of your system and you can move through it. But certainly deciding to just implode an entire family over things just seems ridiculous. Solution opportunity. 
Everyone has this desire to fulfill their six human needs. Certainty, uncertainty, connection, love, significance, contribution, personal growth, right? There, that, that's, this is the six human needs that we're constantly seeking to fulfill. So when you find out that you have a disagreement about a certain hot-button topic, let's, let, let's say it's like cl- climate change, right? One people are like, fuck the planet. It's it's heating up on its own. And by God, we need jobs. So whatever it takes, let's just have jobs. The other people are like, yeah, but if you chop everything down, eventually there won't be any jobs because there won't be anything to freaking use. And by the way, we'll be living on a toxic planet. And what about 17 generations from now? Well, if you just started to chunk up on the value ladder and just started asking the person why this particular thing matters to them, you generally will end up at the top with the same not generally, damn near always. You will, again, always never use definitives except in this situation. You will end up with the same value. It'll be that safety and certainty. It'll be that security. It'll be words like freedom, safety, security. It literally, it's like, I do this with clients and people all the time and it's like the same five words that come up. When you get all the way to the top, it ends up being and safety, security, and freedom. And I really think freedom is an American thing because I've done this with people from other countries and freedom is not the word that comes out of their mouth. But safety and security, almost always, coming out, coming out, coming out. So if you just chunked up, okay, everybody wants safety and security. Great, we can agree on that. Now we start to work our way back down the ladder until we, until we start to fall apart in the agreement. And then that's where the negotiation can come in. And that's where we can start to see eye to eye. That's where we can start to meet on that solution. That's where we can start to really take advantage of the solution opportunity. And when you take advantage of that solution opportunity, then you begin to build a bridge where there once was a giant chasm. And it all goes back to to the question, when did you decide? When did you decide that you were going to let politics destroy your family? When did you decide that you were going to let alcohol and drugs destroy your family? When did you decide you were going to let trauma destroy your family? When did you decide you were going to let something that happened to you 37, 47, 17 years ago destroy your fucking life? If you have made it to 105 episodes of this show, then you are already self-aware enough to know that that is not an acceptable outcome for you anymore. You are letting an external object. No, not, it's, it's, it's not even like an external object like freaking sunshine or water. It is alcohol and drugs. These things were invented to mute the mind, to slow us down, to take us out of our present state, and to put us off into this freaking la-la land. I think I read somewhere that the Egyptians were the first ones to ferment fruit and turn it into some sort of alcoholic beverage. And they, no, well, of course, you know, their, their own people, their own kings and queens and, and the pharaohs and stuff, they drank it. They poured this down the throat of their, their slaves and their citizenry so that they'd sit there and build pyramids for 17 generations. Because if, if you keep people high, think about opiates. It all comes from that whole region of, of like uh, of Pakistan and Kashmir and, and, and Afghanistan, all the stands. The opiates are very strong over there. Boy, as soon as the, the Western world met up with the Eastern world, opiates started flowing over here. Just another thing to keep people muted from their lives so they'd check out. They'd care a lot less about what the hell was going on around them. When did you decide to start letting this shit destroy everything?
Next time you go to pick up the bottle, next time you go to pick up the drug, next time you go to fall back into your old ways of anger and resentment and jealousy and sarcasm and, and just despising people for wanting to be one degree different than you, you have to ask yourself when you decided you were going to let that be the energy that controlled you. Because <laughs> I do. I'll end on this because so much for staying around 30 minutes. Um, I do. I ask myself this all the time, guys, right? Because it's part of the human experience. Like this isn't something that you can just ask yourself one time and you're good to go. Like there's not a magic elixir. You don't just get to say, hey, I'm not going to be angry anymore. And freaking anger goes away. You can decide that you will seek to all you will seek to come from a place of emotional groundedness and not allow anger to um, rule your life, overthrow your life, destroy your life. All of these positive, right? You can you can decide to be in charge of your emotionalness from moving forward. But to say that if someone cuts you off, or someone flips you off, or someone leaves the book bag in the hallway, or someone shows up late to work, or someone doesn't come to a meeting on time prepared. So, you know, somebody in your household does something. I don't know. I mean, your your television show was preempted for a weather forecast. Whatever gets you angry, whatever gets you mad, whatever makes you jealous, seeing your partner, talking to another attractive person, whatever it might be, when did you decide that you were going to allow yourself to be taken down that pathway in that moment? Stop it right then. Say, whoop, 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 it's coming. Okay. Let's breathe it out for a second. Okay, what is it that's upsetting me right now? What is it that's really upsetting me right now? Ask yourself that. Is it the expectation of what you thought was going to happen? Was it a promise broken? Was it was was it your, your idea that there's been a betrayal? Was it... You know, you thought they were one person and now maybe you think they're another person? Are you sure you ever even knew what the hell you thought about them? I love that one. Oh, I just I thought you were a different person. I don't give a fuck what you thought I was. <laughs> I care what I think I am. I'm dropping a lot of F-bombs today. I hope there's no children listening. Or at least let them be desensitized to profanity at this point in their lives. <laughs> there's the internet. I'm sure I'm not the first person. I thought I knew who you were. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even sure who I am because I'm constantly evolving and changing. So who I was yesterday, I mean, yeah, I'm still 99.9% that person, but maybe I'm 97.3. I don't know, but I'm changing. My, I'm evolving. Like I said, I reserve the right to change my opinion at any point in time. There's a most of the stuff that's coming out of my mouth. I am firmly entrenched in it. And I absolutely believe in this growth mindset stuff the way of solution opportunities instead of focusing on the problem, seeking to understand rather than uh, wanting to judge right or wrong. And this is stuff that I'm going to be drinking. I'm going to be drinking from this vat of Kool-Aid for the rest of my life. Get on board. It is delicious. It is delicious. The buffet is awesome over here. It only has items on it you like. And when I look at the same buffet, it only has items on it I like because our words don't describe our reality. Our words create our reality. So I am creating my buffet right alongside you who's creating your buffet. Everybody's creating their buffet and it only has things they love on it. Because when we see things we don't like, we decide rather than judging that thing as right or wrong, we are seeking to understand that it has a place 
on our buffet line, even if we only eat it once every decade, it's okay because I'm going to be over here chowing down on tacos. <laughs> that metaphor got off the rails. I don't know. I don't know if that one. <laughs> that is whatever it is. We're 43 minutes in, and I still have to add in all my intro music. So I'm going to let you guys go. Remember, solution opportunity over the problem. This is really, really, really paramount. If I'm going to summarize this podcast in a couple in a couple bumper stickers, it would be seek to understand, not to rather seek to understand rather than to judge right or wrong. Ask yourself the question: When did you decide? And from moving forward, it's a solution opportunity, not a problem. When you start to feel like you're angry, just stop in that moment and say, "What is it that I? What is it?" that is evoking this emotion in me right now. Breathe into that. Oh yeah, I was going through my top three ways of, of moving through undesirable emotions. Breathe into that. Breathe into it. Absorb it. Ask yourself, what evoked this emotion in you? Okay, I feel angry. What would you rather feel? I'd rather feel calm and grounded. Excellent. When in your life was there a time when you felt calm and grounded? Can you picture that for me right now? When you were calm and grounded? What did that look like? What did that feel like? What did it sound like? Great. What you're experiencing now? Make it look like that. Was the picture bright? Were the colors vivid? Was there music or a sound associated with it? What was the feeling you had? Was it of love and connection? Take it from that moment that you're remembering when you had calm and tranquil, tranquility in your life and bring it to this current one. Anger is one of those emotions that you literally have to decide right then and there that you are going to release and it, and it has to be done fast. Because the repercussions of anger off the rails could be a lifetime of regret. We're going to talk more about this moving forward. I really, really, really love our times together. Appreciate you sticking around this this long. I really felt like I got a little soapboxy there and got inspirational. Um, there's about well, there's a lot of you who have written me that you like it when I do that. <laughs> I still am aiming for the thirty minute show. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of my life because I wake up sober. Join me, won't you? Much love. See you next week. Bye-bye.